Welcome. You've tuned in to Living the Miracle with hosts Michael and Raphael Tamura. You are meant to live a joy-filled life, and you most certainly can. In this program, you will learn simple yet powerful psychic tools to help you fulfill your soul's purpose in this world. Now, here are your hosts, Michael Tamura and Raphael Tamura. Hello, hello, everyone, and welcome to Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. I'm Raphael. And I'm Michael. The purpose for our show is to awaken souls, develop intuition, and fulfill purpose. Today, we're addressing a topic that isn't most people's favorite thing to think about, much less talk about, death and dying. After all, death can ruin your day or not. Does death always have to ruin your life, or are we here to learn something from it? Granted, few of us look forward to the prospect of dying. Often, it's even more traumatic to think about the inevitability of our cherished loved ones dying. It's often frightening just to consider it. As a child, we may have been terrified at the thought of one or both of our parents dying. As a parent, we might not be able to even consider the possibility that our child would one day leave this earth. If we have a life partner, we might not even want to consider our life without that person in it with us. If we had to think about death, we might rather think about it philosophically as an idea or subject of scholarly research. But does anyone want to consider the personal reality of dying and death, whether of our own or of a loved one? In fact, many people are traumatized by finding out about deaths of even complete strangers in the news, especially if they were the result of some unexpected catastrophic event. Some courageous souls willingly put themselves in the line of fire with the daily possibility of facing death and dying in some manner. Soldiers, medical hospital personnel, police, firefighters, medics, and other first responders morticians and funeral home staff, ministers. Yet those in their chosen profession or vocation can have a higher frequency of suffering from burnout, PTSD, depression, and overwhelm. Or some may harden themselves in order to mentally and emotionally survive the rigors of facing death regularly, that they lose sight of their humanity, and with that, their happiness numbing our awareness and compassion to barricade ourselves from our experience of death is definitely not the solution or healing. Then, what is it that we each need to be, do, or have to be able to not only discuss the idea of death and dying, but daily face the reality of it? We've all heard the adage, the truth shall set you free. Well, it's true. Realizing the ultimate truth will set us completely free from all illusions. But even in more partial ways, whenever we become aware of the truth in any situation or experience, we set ourselves free from all that is not true that we may have previously assumed or believed were true. Truth sets us free from opinions, judgments, invalidation, and all other forms of non-truths. 
What is not true often appears to us as reality. If we believe that a non-truth is real, we make ourselves victims and hostages to that illusion. Rather than seeing the illusion for what it is, illusory and not real, we make ourselves beholden to its dictates and demands. A wise person made the word fear into an interesting acronym as false evidence appearing real. Whenever we experience fear, we do so because we assume or believe that what we are experiencing is based on evidence that we consider to be true and real. However, once we discover that the evidence that we based our fear on turned out to be false or not true and not real, we are no longer afraid. Fear always comes from ignorance and unconsciousness of the truth. On the other hand, love always comes from the experience of truth. In the presence of love, we don't experience fear. Ah, but don't we experience our greatest fear when we love someone or something so much that we are terrified that something bad will happen to them or that they might even die? Well, when you experience that fear, it is, is it love that is making you afraid? Not at all. It's your thought that you might lose that love that strikes fear in your heart. It's not the presence of love that brings about your experience, but the absence of love that does. When you consider losing the object of your love, whether it is a person, a career, an ability, or anything else that you love, you withhold your loving, and when you withhold your loving, you experience, you got it, fear. While you are truly loving, you wouldn't experience any fear. This is where courage comes in. Courage comes from the choice you make to continue to be loving regardless of the dangers you face that can harm or even kill you in some way. Even if at first you were terrified about something, when you choose to continue to be loving anyway, the fear diminishes to the point that you can commit to the action you need to take. Courage comes from loving regardless of your situation, condition, or experience. So, what makes it difficult for many people to even talk about death or consider that sooner or later everyone seems to die, which includes themselves as well as their cherished loved ones? Basically, fear. But then, fear is false evidence appearing real. We are afraid of death as long as we continue to assume or believe that the evidence we see about death and dying is true and real. After all, just as Benjamin Franklin wrote, everyone knows that in this world, nothing is certain except for death and taxes. Or do we really know that as the truth? Can most people be afraid of dying and death only because they believe the false evidence that they have about dying and death? And that's pretty much exactly why (laughs) we need to be able to talk about death and dying with loved ones and strangers alike. That's just a starting point. If we can't even discuss the subject, we're not going to get to the truth of it. We're not going to get very far anyway. Mm -hmm. If we don't get to the truth of it, we won't 
be free. The false evidence will continue to appear real to us and we would be hostage to it. Today, more than ever, more people are actually exploring the topic of death and dying. It's a good thing. Mediums have been around throughout history, but today they're able to have TV shows and YouTube channels to share a glimpse into the eternal, the life that we all live as immortal souls, whether we are incarnated here in this world or not. Many capable mediums have given thousands and thousands of people the opportunity to experience that their loved ones who they believed were dead are more alive than ever, just as they do so in the realm of spirit and not in this world, as most people know it. Information about reincarnation has been around for millennia as well. Now, there are more and more people, from very young children to the elderly, that attest to having had prior incarnations as other people in other places. Some of them can even offer information about such lifetimes that can be confirmed by historical documents or demonstrate that only such a person who's lived before in that, as that person in that place and so forth at that time would have known it. Then there are literally thousands of people who have come forward to share their experiences about having died physically and then return to life in this world again. Such experiences are typically called near-death experiences. So common has that become now that the people who had experienced them are now referred to as NDEers, <laughs> for short. And a lot of people recognize what that stands for. <laughs> I was giving a talk, uh, invited to give a talk somewhere, and, and uh, I was introduced as, oh, and Michael's a five-time NDEer. <laughs> uh, it was like, you know, being announced at the Olympics or something. Uh, but it's, it's, you know, it's just become every day. It's, I, I'm not sure if it's in everyone's vocabulary yet, but more and more people are at least looking at that. Oh, you mean your heart could stop and you could stop breathing and, and you know, everything, you're, you're essentially dead as far as anybody here is concerned in this world, but you weren't dead. Uh-huh. Well, that's one of, the, one of the many, many things that I've learned from the experience of going through that process that we call here in this world death is really the amazing thing. As after having had five near-death experiences and some years later, you know, it takes a while to integrate your experience because in spirit, everything is instant. You, you know it all. You experience it all in an instant. But here in this world, ah, it unfolds over time. So sometimes it takes a long time here for everything to kind of play itself out. And you start to recognize, oh, I connect the dots now. And one of those dots that I connected after all those experiences and years of integrating them is that, oh, the purpose of, from 
this side, from the physical worldly side as human beings, the purpose of the death experience where the body stops breathing and, you know, it's no longer able to continue is for us as spirit to learn, oh, yeah, once you're in spirit, there is not even a thought of death. It doesn't exist. So the purpose of the dying process is learning for each of us that there's no such thing. It just looks like it. Just like Raphael said, false evidence appearing real. Ah, it's a great magic trick, isn't it? It's a good start. Okay, that everybody, more, more and more people are talking about death and dying. But still, every day, countless number of people suffer in seemingly unending grief, guilt, anger, sadness, and hopelessness because a loved one died. And history seems to prove beyond a reasonable doubt that this is the common fate of every one of us here. Many people are afraid that once they open that door to truly exploring and understanding what death and dying is, that not only is there no turning back, but worse yet, would their knowledge make living a good life an exercise in futility? After all, if death is a certainty, what good does it do any of us to work toward a better life or greater happiness? Wouldn't it all be for naught in the end? You know, no matter how, how incredible your life is and how wonderful and how much you love something or someone or whatever, oh, it's going to come to an end. Ah. It might very well be if there truly were an end to life. But what if there isn't? What if the real lesson we each need to learn from dying is that, like I mentioned, what I learned is we never die, that there is no such thing as death. After all, that seems to be the universal message channeled from the so-called other side of the realm of spirit throughout history. That is the underlying basis of the experience of reincarnation. Oh, yeah, I've been here before. (laughs) Uh, Oh, I know you from somewhere. Oh, no, deja you again. (laughs) Regardless of the wide variety of experiences reported by thousands of near-death experiencers, they seem to all agree on one thing. We do not die. I can vouch for all of that, of course. Perhaps I'm in the interesting position of having long communicated with spirit who are no longer incarnated in this world, way before my near-death experiences, have had recalls of quite a few previous incarnations here in different bodies with different names and different life experiences. And I've had the blessing of having physically died five times and returning each time during this current lifetime. I certainly validate that not only none of us will die, but there is no such thing as dying and death in spirit, as people assume there is here on earth. In a sense, death and dying is the best example of false evidence appearing real in almost every sense of the word. That's why death is almost universally feared. 
That is, until we discover that there's a much greater reality than what we may have ever imagined. Every kind of limit appears real and permanent until someone goes beyond it. And history has shown us repeatedly that when even one person breaks through that limit, it becomes only a matter of time before others break free from that limitation as well. These days, every time a sportscaster declares that someone has set the world record for all time and that it would be humanly impossible to break it, someone comes along to shatter it with a new record. Looks like our break is coming up, and this is the time we make our announcements about things we are doing, and Michael will definitely continue with that interesting train of thought. Um, We have a weekend seminar for teleclass plus Zoom Q&A weekend coming up on Saturday, August 14th and Sunday, August 15th. That's not that far down the road, so mark your calendars. The overall theme for the weekend will be where are you going? Your clairvoyance, mediumship, and creativity on your spiritual path. These are the titles of the four two-hour teleclasses. The first one, which is on Saturday morning, what you look at is where you go. Learn to use your clairvoyance to navigate your life. The afternoon class is things that go bump along the way, your mediumship and your spiritual path. The Sunday morning class is see the truth, forgive the lies. Your clairvoyance, healing and moving on. The afternoon class on Sunday is being creative in the world but not of it making clairvoyance and mediumship a part of your daily life. Plus, anyone who participates in at least one of these teleclasses during this weekend event will be able to join us for our fun and profound bonus post-class Zoom Q&A talk story and social on Sunday following the last teleclass. The rest of the classes are actually done on Maestro Conference. And plus, if you buy all four classes, you get a discount. For all the full write-up and details or to sign up, go to the August calendar section of our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 530-926-2650 weekdays during business hours Pacific time. We will return in just a couple of minutes to continue with Death Can Ruin Your Day or Not. We'll be right back. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at MichaelTamora.com forward slash events. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must-read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora. Beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com. 
And be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. Welcome back, everyone. We've been discussing a rather hot topic today, whether death can ruin your day or not. Death and dying is a topic that many people find hard to even talk about, think about, or even put their attention on. So let's continue to explore it further. Yeah, before the break, as mentioning, you know, every time somebody declares a limit for humanity, within a very short time usually, (laughs) someone or some group of people come and completely shattered it. We yes. we saw that in the Olympics. Oh, the, all the, the time. Swimming. Everything everything gets. Uh, yeah, that one was like every two minutes a new world record was <laughs> <laughs> broken or something like that. Yeah. And you know, as humanity awakens more, these limits are broken faster because truth does set us all free. Spirit is the limitless and eternal. We say that over and over <laughs> and over because. It, it's true. It's true. <laughs> it's a reminder. Oh, remember, spirit is eternal and limitless, and you are spirit. Limits do not exist in spirit. And awakening means becoming more aware that we are spirit. And as we do become more aware, whatever limitations that appear to be real to us previously begin to dissolve as the illusions that they are. So how do you overcome death and dying as reality when you are not only witnessing, but experiencing the deaths of countless number of people around the world every day? Rarely a day goes by that I don't hear that someone I know or someone close to someone I know is dying or has died. Isn't that real? Yes, here in this world, bodies are born and eventually will cease to be animated. The more important question is, what animates a body? A baby body is born alive because spirit has breathed its life into it. You are that spirit that incarnated and animated your baby body in this world. As long as you're giving the life of spirit to your body, your body will stay alive. When you are done with your incarnation here in this world, for now, you exit your body and your body stops breathing and its heart and brain cease to function. Then we consider that the body is dead. It just means that you are no longer keeping it full of the life that you are as spirit. Yet the truth of the matter is you, Spirit, you the being, 
the essence of who you are. You never, you never die. You just shed your clothing, if you will. You just get out of your vehicle. Take your glove off. Yeah. But you are eternal and therefore immortal. Nothing can get rid of you. Even as a little child, the few times that I was taken to someone's funeral service, I wondered why pretty much everyone in the church was crying and unhappy when the person that they were there to commemorate was laughing and happy and wanting everyone to join them in a celebration of life rather than be sad and grieving over their departure from this dimension of existence. What is there to grieve over if the beloved person is still alive and well? Often, they are experiencing being even more alive and well in spirit. Yes, regardless of those of us remaining in this world have to contend with the fact that we won't be able to hug or kiss our beloved with our bodies. Yet those of us who continue to experience and communicate with the spirit of our dearly departed may not experience a total sense of loss. As the joke goes, how can I miss you (laughs) if you won't go away? (laughs) Ah, Yes, that's part of being able to talk about it. Death and dying is such a heavy, emotion-laden topic that we got to be able to find some levity and go, okay, you know, maybe there's a possibility it's not the end all. Maybe there's a possibility that I'm not really losing you when you, it's your time to go. Shortly after my mother made her graceful exit from here, I decided to talk about her so-called death since I noticed that quite a few people in my seminar that weekend were grieving over the death of loved ones. When one of the, <clears throat> when one of the attendees asked if I missed anything particular after my ma- mother passed away, I joked that since our communication and her presence in my life was even more than when she was living physically in this world, I really didn't have much to miss except perhaps her sushi. (laughs) Oh, she was a great cook. (laughs) She was an amazing international gourmet cook. Well, between me joking about that and the next day's lunch break, One of the attendees, who was a good cook herself, asked my mother in spirit to help her make the kind of sushi that I enjoyed the most so that the attendee could bring, you know, treat me to a sushi luncheon the next day as a surprise lunch break. And especially in the light that she heard me complain about, there's no good restaurants around that particular hotel. (laughs) She said, my My mother gave her step-by-step instructions, starting with the exact ingredients to buy at the Asian market down to the brand name of the products. Then back in her kitchen at home, my mom taught her how I liked my sushi rolled and cut. When I was completely surprised by this woman's presentation of my lunch the next day, it looked and tasted exactly as if my mother made it herself. So after that, I couldn't even complain. 
which is to feel, say, you know, I couldn't feel sorry for myself that I could no longer enjoy my mother's delectable sushi because she died. So anyway, that was that brought a, a, a moment or two of levity in the whole seminar. And once, once we, the second day when we gave the experience of what happened with between this woman making the sushi for me and, and me having it and being able to validate, oh yeah, it had to be my mom giving you the instructions. And it was, it was amazing, amazing experience. And what this woman said was that afterwards she was able to, mm, that was such an experience of certainty in spirit that she said, you know, it was just like having my mother. She saw her, she felt her, she heard her. And it was just like having her as a friend standing right behind her while she was making the sushi and giving her instructions like, oh, yeah, a little bit more this way. Oh, no, you got to do it that way and so forth and so on. Use a little bit more of that and so forth. And she said it was just just like having a best friend with you in the kitchen, doing your thing, having a conversation, enjoying life. And There's one more detail about this story that I really really uh, loved because it convinced me absolutely this was Michael's mom, even though I could see her around us all that weekend. And that was Michael's mom had a habit when she was making sushi for us as a surprise. (laughs) She always made way too much. And we had a joke about it. I started making sushi and I just couldn't stop. (laughs) And that was exactly what happened with this woman. woman She she brought it as a treat for Michael, but it was enough food for 10 people. At least. (laughs) So, so then it became a great party and everything. So, you know, it was, of course we shared it. It was a delightful luncheon and completely unexpected. And, And this is the nature of spirit. This is the nature of real life. If we don't get stuck in, you know, it's, it's not that you shouldn't go through grief or anger or anything, when, especially when someone that, that means so much to you passes on. I mean, we all go through that. Of course. Uh, it's, that's, that's just being human. I, that's, it's not to recognize that death isn't real doesn't really exist for us, doesn't mean that you don't have the human experience of missing someone and, and, or grieving over a loss that feels, at the time anyway, it feels very real that this person is gone, at least even for those who are very aware that no, spirit goes on, but they're not here physically anymore. I can't hear their their voice coming out of their between their lips. You know, I can't hold their hands. That type of experience, well, that part is is missing. And and so we do experience that sense of loss on a physical level. And you can see in the animal kingdom every animal goes through some sort of grief and grieving process when their mates are gone or they lose their children to prey, prey, predators, and so forth and so on. <sighs> and it's, it's sometimes incredibly intense. 
probably there's nothing more intense than that. Probably, in, in my experience, that's even more intense than, than facing your own death, especially if you get pretty old and you know, or you know, you're in a great deal of pain and you go, okay, this is just going on and on. It'll be a relief to be out of here. And, and this is part of our preparation for being able to go, okay, I'm ready. I'm ready to, to get going here. But as you know, it doesn't seem fair to those of us staying here when those who are much younger than us, our children or, or young people that seem to be full of life and full of, I mean, bright, capable, some of the most incredible beings sometimes leave from their incarnation at an early age. What could be more seemingly more unfair and, and, and difficult to deal with? Ah, but if you really look at when you go through something like that, are you really grieving for the other person that passed on or are you really grieving for yourself? You'll find it's us. When, when if I were to be grieving over, you know, someone that I was really close to, loved dearly, passing on, I know it's, I'm grieving for myself. I'm the one still here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're, they're, I could see them. They're going, hey, you know, good luck. <laughs> I'm out of here. I'm out of here. <laughs> and and uh, <laughs> they're laughing. But sometimes I still feel like, oh, I miss them. I, I have something I, I didn't get to tell them and so forth. And the f- funny thing is that's by my experience when when loved ones have passed on, which I've had quite a few. And uh, when you have a lot of friends and you, you love a lot of people, they're gone, you know, every so, uh, at least once a month or whatever. And so they're, as they pass on, the ones that I get to celebrate, like with my mother, it was a total celebration. Because not only because I saw her and everything, but because I was so complete. I mean, it's, it's just like that. When Shanti, our dog, died, that was an amazing, most beautiful experience. Uh, I think in one of the uh, previous episodes we were talking, I think Raphael mentioned that sometimes it's harder for someone who loves a pet animal when the animal dies than when humans die. You know, we, there's a whole thing about that. <laughs> but, we really love them from the same place. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's, uh, it's like loving a child. And, but when you're, you're, you don't have any regrets, you don't have anything left with them, ah, it's, it's great. It's a celebration. It's the ones that are painful for us the most when they leave is you had a lot of things on the bucket list. You had a lot of things. I want to do this with you. I wanted to, and we're going to do this. And we're gonna, you set up a whole thing without really looking at, oh yeah, how long is this person going to stay? And denying that, no, I don't want this person to ever leave. Or at least not until I get out of here, right? I don't want to be the one 
holding the bag of being here and the other one's gone. How am I going to live? And so forth. So it's, it's, uh, that's what we have to deal with. Huh. And it's much harder for me, I think, and for anyone to see those we love very much leaving before us. So we have to start to practice and, and go, oh, yeah, how can we give this person a send-off if they go before I do? Huh. I'm not going to hold them back. When it's their time, it's, it's their choice. There's no accidents. People don't act, die in an accident, even though it looks like an accident here, car accidents and, and you know, wars and, and things like that. But it's for us to practice. Oh, yeah, this isn't the final goodbye. This is just a temporary, hey, we'll see you at home. <laughs> yep, back home. Yeah, I'm on a trip. Well, our second break is coming up upon us, so I wanted to remind you that you can call our office to purchase any of our edited and mastered teleclasses, courses, all-day seminars, and retreats as MP3 downloads to inspire you and to give you simple but powerful tools you can apply in your daily life and to help you manage its various challenges as you grow spiritually. You can find many of the titles and descriptions by clicking on the Download Audio tab in the Events section of our website, michaeltamora.com, or by calling our office and speaking with our wonderful assistant, Noelle, during regular business hours at 530-926-2650. In just a bit, we'll return to Death Can Ruin Your Day or Not. We'll be right back. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura. Find out more about everything that they offer at michaeltamura.com and be sure to sign up for their free monthly newsletter. The best book ever. Transformational. Incredible information. One of the best books I've ever read. Inspirational. A must read for anyone interested in accomplishing their purpose. That's what readers around the world are saying about You Are the Answer. The award-winning book by Michael J. Tamora, beloved spiritual teacher and clairvoyant visionary. Order your copy now at Amazon.com. If you love living the miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora, you'll love their teleclasses, seminars, and retreats. Check out their upcoming events at michaeltamora.com forward slash events. It's your world. Motivate. Change. Succeed. VoiceAmericaEmpowerment.com You are listening to Living the Miracle. Michael and Raphael would love to hear from you. 
Reach the show today by calling 1-888-346-9141. Again, that's 1-888-346-9141. You may also send an email to livingthemiracleradio at gmail.com. Now back to Living the Miracle. It's great to have you back. We've been exploring whether death can ruin your day or not. If you've been with us for this show so far, you might be getting the idea that maybe death and dying isn't what most people assume it is. Let's find out more. Well, before the break, I was talking about, you know, we're here to learn. So everything here is a lesson. And the other important thing is that there are no accidents in life. Even though things look like accidents, we didn't plan on doing this. Well, did we or didn't we plan on doing this? We make a lot of plans in spirit before we come into this incarnation. So what may look like a mistake here isn't necessarily a mistake or or what looks like an accident here isn't necessarily an accident. It's just also sometimes things happen in a way that we may not have planned it to happen. But what we did plan is to learn a certain lesson. Ah, And some things you have to kind of forget that you planned it so you can learn the lesson. Because if you remember the lesson you're supposed to learn ahead of time and then you'll be prepared for it, so to speak, and, and you might, you know, this make decisions that you think are the right decisions instead of going through the experience and making the decisions based on what you learn from it. So if you ever examine whatever mistake you believe that you made after you made it, well, because you don't find out that you, you never decide, I made a mistake until after you do it, right? You're, you don't go and say, okay, now, it's, it's a three o'clock and I'm going to make a mistake now. <laughs> no, then it wouldn't be a mistake. You plan on it. <laughs> so before you understood that it is a, whatever happened was a mistake, you were only experiencing life. Mistake is a judgment that you create after the fact when you know more, right? Once you do something, you know more. You've, uh, you've had an experience. You know more, and so afterwards, whether it's an instant later or uh, 10 years later, you look back at it and you know so much more that you might judge what you did as, oh, gee, I sure made a big mistake. I messed up, right? Now, when you went through that experience, that wasn't a mistake. It's only afterwards when you have more awareness, more information, whatever, you learn something, then you label it as a mistake, and that that's not true. It wasn't. Mistake wasn't part of your experience. It was just an experience that you experienced, and you were doing what you believe was the best thing or the right thing to do at the time. Sometimes we believe we did it because we thought that's the only choice we had. But what do we learn later? Oh, somewhere later, we always find out, no. I, that wasn't, I could have done this, I could have done that. I call it the woulda, coulda, shoulda. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and that's for the learning purpose, not for blaming ourselves or criticizing ourselves or invalidating ourselves that we messed up. No. Oh, 
That experience allowed us to learn. And that's why so many times, you may have heard, I've heard it so many times from people I've worked with who had serious illnesses, cancer and whatnot, and when they get themselves through the process of learning, every single one of them has told me, oh, if I had it to do it all over again, I wouldn't change a thing because of what I learned and how much I learned from that experience and how much I was able to heal myself, <coughs> truly heal myself underneath all the outer stuff. Huh. Isn't that interesting? But for those of us who haven't gone through that experience, it may, we may be afraid that it's the worst thing that can possibly happen and do anything in your power to prevent it. But for the soul that chooses to go through experiences that may seem horrific to other people, ah, it's worth their, uh, what they have to go through. It's like going and taking the hardest class in college. And it's not necessarily a funnest class. And you stay up late and lose sleep over it and everything and just work your buns off to, to learn it. But if that's what you're here to learn, it's worth every moment. So with mistakes... What we call mistakes, you have to look at, instead of judging yourself, you have to look at, after you did what you did and went through that experience of that, somehow you discovered something you didn't know ahead of it. You didn't know ahead of doing it. What was that? That's part of your learning. Then with that new understanding or information or awareness, you create it. You know, you don't have to create judgment against yourself. You can validate yourself. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it was a tough one. It was a tough lesson to learn. It was a tough experience to go through. But have I learned it? And when you do, that means you could forgive yourself that, okay, that label of mistake, a terrible mistake, a bad thing I did, that's not true. And the truth of this is the lesson. This is what I learned. Becomes when you can have the truth of it, then you can have it as wisdom that you can take with you when you get out of this place. You can't take your body with you. <laughs> you can't take your riches with you. You can't take, you know, all these, your car with you, your house with you, and other people with you. No, but you can take your wisdom with you. That's yours. Yeah, definitely. And one of the things I like to emphasize, since I'm a, a bigger, bigger picture person, you know, when somebody comes to me with a, a an issue to look at as a clairvoyant, I always step back, clairvoyantly speaking, and look at what's the bigger picture here? What What brought this person to this point of being distressed about this situation in their life? And what's really great because I've been looking at people for years and years and years in this regard, it I really solidly can see that this place that we are born in to a baby body and eventually die, whatever age, old age, middle age, you know, somewhere even younger than that, this place is a school. You know, Michael was talking about not judging yourself when you make a mistake because it's about learning each big situation we go through in life 
It's our. It's like a chapter in the book of our of this particular life, and, and in fact, and the bigger bigger picture of all the lives that we had. This life is a chapter in that book. So if you can start to look at what everyone goes through, including yourself, that's maybe not so pleasant and not so nice. Just remember the the end result is learning. And we all are learning from the moment we take our first breath to the moment we take our last breath. And when we go over to the so-called other side, we're still learning. Yep. <laughs> and we're learning until we get to that place of merging back with the oneness, which some people call ascension. So if you can change your attitude about, you know, the things in your life that kind of, you know, I'm not going to use bad words on the radio here, but, you know, that aren't so great, um, and give yourself a little break, it's going to be easier for you to give other people a break as well. You know, the people you run into who aren't so pleasant, who are having a bad day, et cetera, et cetera. They don't see the bigger picture, but you start to free yourself when you do. And with death and dying, you know, I was born a Scorpio, so that's kind of our thing. Uh, death and dying. So I've had to deal with that a lot in my life. And it's been an interesting journey because I used to just get totally freaked out about death. You know, when a dog died or if somebody close to me died, I'd cry for days and I'd just really, you know, lose all my energy for a long time. And once I developed uh, my clairvoyance and I was able to see spirit and I, and also see spirit that comes around the people I'm reading and they're fine and they're okay. And then I had my near-death experience myself where I was out of the body. And let me tell you, one of the things that it's like out there is you don't even think about the body. In fact, there's a sense of such incredible present time. And it's not like time, like your clock time, but just being in the present is, it's like nothing really matters in that place of being out of this universe and being in spirit. And a lot of times when we get there, we need a guide to, to help us, you know, find our way to whether we're going to go over to the other side and, and stay there for a while or turn around and come right back, which some souls do. There's lots of stories out there about children who remember being taken out of a body that that was uh, maybe not that old, and they came right back as into another body. And it's kind of amazing. We have a friend, Walter Semkiw, who did a whole body of research on that. If you look him up, S-E-M-K-I-W, he is uh, a medical doctor who's been researching uh, this sort of thing for a long time. But being able to handle death and not lose it and not, not lose your life force energy, you know, especially of loved ones, That's that takes some practice and skill. And so one of the things I did was over the years, I just decided that whenever I had to be with someone who was dying or, or watch someone from a distance because I couldn't travel to them or whatever, is to really communicate, say hello to them as spirit and work with them and over the years, it's made it easier and easier to deal with being in the presence of so-called that, what we call death, which is really a soul separation from the body Go and moving on to their next step and ending that chapter in their overall multiple lifetimes, you know, uh, 
set of lessons. And it was so, it's been so great, you know, uh, the psychic tools that we teach every single time we do a radio show or most of the times we do a radio show and and, uh, meditation and really practicing forgiving people uh, and forgiving people when they die has been such a great practice that in the past few times that I've had to deal with the death of someone close to me, I haven't lost it. I haven't even cried. And, you know, some people look at me kind of strange, but I feel actually happy for that soul. And that's one of the goals of us talking about this in this way, is if you take a spiritual approach to death, it makes it easier for you to let other people go through it and also to be able to be more open to spirit in that way. So that's basically what I I wanted to talk about today. But dying is letting go and forgiving comes as realization that we don't die. If we don't die, there is no reason to hold on to something we need in order to survive. Well, you know, one of the things... The hardest things for most people is uh, how do you work with those who are dying? You know, how do you communicate to someone who's facing their departure? And just like what Raphael said, the most important part is being able to communicate to them as the spirit that they are. But for yourself, also to remember, oh, yeah, everyone's here to learn and and really being able to let go of any kind of judgments. This is a bad thing or that's a mistake or their, you know, their life was cut short and all those kinds of things that come up in our mind, especially when a younger person is dying or whatever and seems like they had their whole life ahead of time, ahead of them. But no, we're all here for a purpose and they don't really die. It's they're done with this grade. They're graduating. So it's always a celebration when someone, especially a friend, especially a loved one is graduating, it's you go celebrate, right? Wow, congratulations. You're done with second grade. You're done with college. You're done with whatever. You get to go on to your next step. And this is where we have to really let go of our selfish desires of, okay, I want you to stay in second grade with me (laughs) or whatever. (laughs) But no, you get to go. Congratulations. Well, we are already at the end of our show today. Thank you so much for joining us. And we hope that our show offered you much to reflect upon in your life, as well as provide some healing tools for yourself. Maybe healing attitudes, too. (laughs) Be sure to join us next Wednesday when we're starting a whole new season of Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora at this radio show we're talking about. We'll launch our new season around the overall theme, Your Psychic Life. And the first show of our 15th season will be, What is Your Psychic Life? And by the way, a season is 13 weeks. Remember, too, to join us for our remote Teleclass Weekend event on Saturday, August 14th and Sunday, August 15th. Where are you going? Your clairvoyance, mediumship, and creativity on your spiritual path. Check our website, michaeltamora.com, or call our office at 1530-926-2650 for details or to sign up. 
Until then, be inspired, use your imagination, and follow your intuition joyfully. This is Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamora. We'll see you next week. We appreciate your joining us today. Living the Miracle with Michael and Raphael Tamura can be heard live every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time and 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. Until we talk again next week, remember to wake up to who you are. It's your purpose here on Earth.